Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. This, of course, your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Your Colorado Rockies are in last place out west with a 15-27 and 27 record. Team went 2-7 and seven last week. They were 1-1 one one in San Francisco versus the Giants, 1-1 one one versus the Arizona Diamondbacks, and 0-3 oh and versus the lowly Seattle Mariners. And through two games of three against the Miami Marlins, the Rocks are, of course, 0-2. Oh Up next for Colorado, starting tonight, they play the Marlins once again. And then Friday, May 25th, they travel to Cincinnati for three games versus the Reds. Back home Monday, Memorial Day, the Rocks play four versus the Houston Astros, including a doubleheader on Memorial Day. Enjoy the fireworks Monday, folks. And I'm not talking about the Colorado offense. hi Ross Martin. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, episode number 42. I'm Ross Martin, and as always from DenverStiffs.com, Nate Timmons is here. What's up, everybody on the interwebs? Ross Martin, what's up with you? So much, so much to talk about today, Timmons. Today we have a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about, including the Broncos. Are they good enough to win the Super Bowl next year? The or Broncos. I guess this year, right? I mean, we're in it. We're in it now. Couple Practice months. has started. We're going to also talk about... The Colorado Rockies, they are absolutely horrible. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. I mean, they are are so bad, and it's so disappointing. We're going to talk about uh, the NBA Finals and who is going to win it. But before we get into all of that stuff, I want to remind everybody to like us on Facebook, to email us at our email address here, show at coloradosportsguys.com. Follow us on Twitter at C-O-L-O Sports Guys. C-O-L-O is an abbreviation for Colorado. That's why we put C-O-L-O Sports Guys, because we're the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. Makes sense to me, Ross. Absolutely. Call us. Leave us a message. 720-722-1274. What's that number again? 720-722-1274. We are also available on Stitcher Radio. You can go to stitcher.com slash C-O-L-O Sports Guys. Enter in promo code COLO Sports Guys when you download the app, and you can be entered in to win $100 from our good friends at Stitcher. $100? $100. Uh, we're on iTunes, so find us there, and you can find links to all of this stuff at coloradosportsguys.com. So let's talk sports. This first, though, if you want a good Android app, Pocket Cast is where it's at. Yeah, good point. I agree. I use it myself. I love it. It's great. I fell in love with it. Downloads everything straight to it. Might marry it. I already did. You already did? I am a bigamist. Well, I hope it cheats on you, gets a divorce, and then I marry it. And then probably cheats on me. <laughs> that since pocket if you somebody, cast is such a whorish app. You know, I, I seem to forget this. We always try to catch up before we talk about sports. Yeah. And uh, I kind of skimmed right over it. So let's do that. What's up, Dude, Timmons? What's up with you, man? I, How are you? You doing good? Uh, yeah, I'm doing Everything all right? good. Sure. Uh, Have any stories? Yeah, a little. You going to say something yeah. else there? Yeah. 
had a new. So when I lived in a, a weird, awful place called Casper, Wyoming, I before I moved back to Colorado, I got a bug to sell a lot of my stuff, and I sold um, probably close to 200 DVDs. I don't know if it was that many, but were sold. you suicidal? No, That's what a lot of people just, do. Right yeah. before, as they start I giving away and selling their stuff. That's probably what people thought, but no, I was actually just wanting to get rid of a bunch of my crap before I moved home so I didn't have to move as much because I hate moving more than anything. But I do too. Anyway, so I sold like, you know, couches, everything. I sold stuff on eBay, Craigslist. It became kind of a pro. I actually even had a couple of my friends ask me for some help to sell stuff. And I recently sold. Were your friends over 70 years old? Yes, they didn't have that's why I got a percentage cut of what I sold. So that was fun. But uh, so recently I sold my girlfriend's couch on Craigslist has yet to be picked up, but it's sold. Did you you have the money in hand? Yes. In bank already. Wow. So but that's got me back on the bug of wanting to sell more crap. And I'm like, what else could I sell? What is like the biggest thing that I own? So the next thing up for me is I'm going to sell my car. It's going to be awesome. Very cool. It's going to be pretty amazing. On Craigslist? I think I might uh, list it on Craigslist. Why not? Just so you know, if there's like an ad on Craigslist that you come across about a sports podcast host looking for a new co-host, don't worry about it. It has nothing to do with us. <laughs> okay. I won't worry about that. The Chicago sports guy, perhaps. Yeah, different, <laughs> you start talking different thing altogether. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about all that's going on with me, dude, is I, I'm uh, – Eager and excited to just sell more stuff. Maybe start with the car and see where that leads me. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. If I can sell some organs somewhere, maybe I'll do that. Why do I have two kidneys? I probably don't need one. I heard your river, liver, river, your river can actually liver. I heard your liver can regenerate itself, so I might try to sell some of that. You can portion it off, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Just slice it and. And I'm, you know, you know me, I'm such a nice guy. I probably have two hearts. I'll sell one of those as well. Mm -hmm. So. And my brain, I use maybe 5% of it, so I might try to sell some of that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's a good idea. Yeah. I hate Craigslist. It used to be cool. Now it's horrible. You can still sell stuff on there though. I mean, well, Okay, so you're selling a car. What do you do? How do you sell it? That's what I should ask is to enlist some help from our trusty listeners and, as well as my, my uh, super smart co-host. I guess you'd have to go with Craigslist. You yeah. think that? I mean, there's no other option. You go the uh, the the – Sticker in the window still? Well, sure. Why not? Yeah. You know, go park it out here on Broadway and and just, you know, Hope. see what happens. Just cross your fingers. Yeah. You can get that uh, You can get that little sh- uh, soap or shoe white, you know, that shoe nah, whitening nah, stuff. Nah. And I'm going with the, put it, the put black it there. sign with the orange letters for You got to put it in. Uh, you got to get one in English and Spanish. I already have somebody lined up to translate my Craigslist ad to Spanish. Very good. That's smart. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Well, that's good. I mean, good for you. You're going to get a new car, I guess. Uh, maybe. We'll see. You're going to find those hubcaps you lost? or I sold those. You sold the hubcaps already? <laughs> no, I still have. I still have actually a set of wheels for my car that I'm going to probably sell with it, too. That'll be fun. Awesome. Oh, rims? No, they're actually uh, actually Honda wheels. Because I used to have rims on it, and then I just put like generic wheels on there. Yeah. And I also have Honda wheels. So. Oh, that's cool. I'm like a wheel guy. You need tires or wheels. Contact Timmons, the Colorado wheel guy. So that's about all I have going on is I'm trying to sell, sell, sell. Everything must go. Awesome. So You should uh, advertise right here on the podcast. Yes, if you'd like to buy yeah. a slightly used car. <laughs> yeah. 
please contact me. Just go ahead and give the CSG Studios a call, 720-722-1274, or send a text message with the subject line, Honda. We'll know what you're talking about. We'll want we'll set you must up have Honda. A, we'll set you up with a test drive. Yeah, and it's only for listeners out there. I'll charge you a cool 45000 for the car. Are you going to transfer over your uh, – we won't say what your plate is. You know, that's Am I going to transfer? Are you going to transfer over your uh, custom – Vanity plate? I don't know. It's a. I'm wrestling with the decision. I've taken so much crap over the years for them <laughs> that I almost feel like I need to keep them, you know? But I'm also like, man, I could finally retire them and then hang them. But I do have a cousin that recently was at the DMV and tried to get the same plates. And he told me that they looked it up and said that I was the one that had them. So he's looking for them. So I don't know if – Wait, I they said they up. gave him your name? Or they just said somebody else has them? I don't know. One or the other. Seems like a little invasion of privacy. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't They're that what cops like, do? Well, uh, you can't, but Nate Timmons has him. Here's his home address and his phone number and email. Isn't that what they do on the, all those like cop movies, though? Like they get somebody to go down. Wasn't that in like Gone in 60 Seconds? That girl like gave him addresses for all those people that had those cars? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you got to find the All you have to do is flirt people. with her a little bit, yeah. give her a wink. Yeah. I can do that. I can wink pretty well. A little slap and tickle. <laughs> a little slap and tickle. Does that work? I don't know. <laughs> Worked back in the 1920s. I'm sure that that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> All right, man. So that's what's up with me. How about yourself, dude? What's going on? Not much. I mean, really, everything's – it's, you know, sports world is just kind of, you know, ground to a halt around here as far as our local teams go. But I, I did – I went to a birthday party over the weekend – Nice. Uh, and it was for a good friend of mine's wife. She was turning 30. So big day, right? And I'm at this party, and I'm hanging out with a bunch of people, and every single one of these people were from elsewhere. You know, they had moved here from a lot of people from the Midwest, from Chicago, from ah, the UP. So you're with you a know. bunch of vermin. You know where the fans. UP is? University of Pennsylvania? No, it's the <laughs> Upper Peninsula. It's Michigan. Oh, God. That's what they call it from the UP? The UP. Ugh. Cool, huh? No. That's terrible. The UP, bro. Like the OC. Up. From like up. I'm from the CO. Den CO. Maybe they were angels and they were from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were idiots. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> they, I hear this type of conversation all the time about people when they move here. You know, they tend to just uh, complain about everything that goes on here in the city and they blame everything on the city and the people who live here and they don't like the food. They don't like the drivers. And I'm sitting here listening to these people talk about how you can't find good pizza in Denver. And I can't what are they talking. I'm like, about? what are you, what are you talking about? I mean, honestly, that makes no sense. First of all, it's pizza. It's the easiest thing to make. And, but they're complaining about, the style of pizza, Ugh. you know, they're like, God. you know, I just love, I love deep dish, you know, like Chicago style pizza. I mean, they can't make it here. So go buy a freaking crust and make it yourself and in it, a freaking cake pan, you loser. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where they just, you know, they say, well, you can't get anything good here, you know. Uh, and then, and then that people talk about how people don't know how to drive here. And this reminded me of a particular time when I was working at my old job. A couple of years ago, I was walking to lunch with four of my coworkers. And we were – it had been a particularly bad traffic morning. And these people were – there were four of them, one of me. And they were from 
uh, Chicago, uh, Cleveland, um, Dallas, and and I think I don't remember where the other person was from. Not one of those cities. Oh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Not one of those places you just listed as a place that I would ever want to go. Well, (laughs) well, not even on a layover. I like to go there and take a crap and then come home. (laughs) (laughs) But they're sitting there and they're complaining about how Coloradans. Don't know how to drive. That's what they say over and over and over again. No, they don't know how to drive here. I'm from Chicago. We know how to drive in Chicago. Rock in Chicago. I'm such a bad, good driver. Did I come here? I can't. And I'm sitting there all listening our toll to roads, this. All our toll roads are in Chicago. <laughs> and they knew, they knew that I was from Denver, right? And I don't know if they didn't think it would be offensive or I would get pissed off. But I had to stop them and I just said, just look at the group we're in right now, okay? I said, just look at it here. Where are you from? And, they, and I had them, you know, they each told me, and I said, okay, I'm from Denver. There's four out of five people in this group that are not from Denver, which is exactly the same ratio out on the road. So 80% of all the drivers on our roads are from out of town. They moved here from somewhere else. And then they all say that people from Colorado can't drive when 80%, eight out of 10 cars are on the road are people from other places. Now, I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, God, I hate people from Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like that. I like hate everybody <laughs> from everywhere. But what I don't like is when they move here and complain about it when they're the ones bringing it. And I realize that it's, it's this weird thing where they just like to commiserate, right? They, misery loves company. And they don't have anything in common being from Chicago, Dallas, L.A., and Cleveland. Well, maybe so what people... they do have in common is they're not from here. So they'll just sit here and, you know, one guy said you can't get a good bagel in Denver. Oh, and it's like, well, this place that I used to, you know, went to when I was in college back in, you know, Oxford, Ohio, had the best bagels ever. So it's like you're just talking about the Yeah, experience. what did they used to do in those bagels? Pissing them? Come on. <laughs> it's like, come on. You can't get a good bagel here. And they're like, it's the altitude. I think it's the altitude, blah, blah, blah. And then they tried to get all smart with me about it. It's the altitude and the elevation. The, the, the dough doesn't rise as much and the water doesn't get it. I'll tell you what's stupid it's like, is that. You guys are idiots. That whole pizza argument just makes me upset. Chauncey Billups' blackjack pizza, pretty good. Yes. Cheap as dirt, and it's delicious. Domino's, not bad. Pizza Hut, pretty amazing. I mean, those those are the worst representations of pizza in this city, though. And those are and they're national still chains, good. right? Yeah, and they're national it's chains. Just, and they're still pretty good. They're decent. I'm not a fan of Pizza Hut no. at all. I don't eat that. I mean, I, like I hate it. it. It's super delicious. Super Spongy gross. and greasy. Yeah, but like, uh, there's a lot of places here, like the Wazi Supper Club. Have you ever been there? I haven't. I've been dying to go there because I hear that it's is pretty some amazing. Good damn pizza. It's great pizza. It's not thick crust, though. I just like it from I'm from Chicago. <laughs> from Chicago, I like it deep crust. You know, you know what else is good? Making it yourself on a grill. Been doing that recently. Very, very good. You grill can, pizzas. You can good. buy the dough, roll it out. Yeah, throw it on the grill, top it. Whatever. Do you, you use want, that man. double zero dough or flour when you make your pizza dough? Uh, no, I don't. It's make a little the more dough. expensive. Oh, you don't make the dough? No. But those out there who want to make their own pizza dough, don't go with the regular white flour. Go with the double zero. It's a little more expensive. I don't think you can find it in every store, but it makes all the difference in the world. Just a little FYI. I have to consult off air about how to make dough. Ross Martin's, Martin's, the cooking guy, tips. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. I roll with a crew of... Mostly my buddies from way back in the day. We're all born here. We're all raised here. We all live here for a long time. And a lot of the people I hang out with 
are from here. So, and then when I do hang out with people that have moved here from somewhere else, I'm usually still there one or two out of a group of many. And so when I was in the situation of having like 10 of these pomade hair gel rugby shirt wearing weirdos from other places, <laughs> you know, with their, you know, Nike shocks on and they're not even like exercising at the time. It's like, <laughs> it just was overwhelming and I was just a little pissed off. Okay. <laughs> It's understandable. People can be very annoying a lot of the times. From Chicago. <laughs> deep dish pizza. <laughs> the deep dish pizza. Isn't deep dish pizza like one of the most disgusting kinds of pizza? It's like why not just go eat like some spaghetti or something? Like, well, obviously you want a lot of sauce. Yeah, and I mean I'm sure deep dish is fine. Ugh. I mean I don't know. It's But it's, if you're complaining about a style of pizza, you know. I got to tell you one time my sister ordered from uh, Anthony's Pizza and – she didn't really understand what Anthony's was all about. Obviously, famous from New bread. York. It's a thin crust, yeah, it's New York style. But they make like a Sicilian pizza, and she didn't quite understand what that was. And is I, that like crispy? No, it's, very it's crispy like crust. very thick. Oh, it's thick. Oh. Yeah. So they didn't really, they didn't really explain it, and she didn't really know what was going on. She just kind of wanted to order whatever, and the guys like talked her into this. So the delivery guy shows up, and he has like, he has to make like two trips, and he has like three of those warmer bags you know and he's like piling it all out and we're kind of thinking like are you like rearranging your stuff or what's going on he's like no this is all for you we had pizza about as big as that desk over there and i mean that's for those people listening this desk is about 42 inches wide 36 inches deep <laughs> it was just massive that's amounts really big and it was disgusting it was terrible and I was like, she's like, I'll never eat anything again. That was awful. And I was like, it's actually really good if you get the right kind. I didn't even know they the did that, but I do crust. like the Anthony's. I didn't either. It reminded me because I ate there uh, a couple weeks ago, and the dude inside asked somebody at the counter that was ordering, like, hey, you want the Sicilian? And I just got flashbacks in my head oh. of that dude carrying it in and just it's being just like, sweating. Yeah, threw up everything. So <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Colorado food talk. Colorado Food Talk. What do you say? We take a little short one, come back, talk some sports? Yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, take a quick break right after this. Exciting stuff uh, with the training camp starting, don't you think? Football, yeah. Denver Broncos. Our, our dude right there uh, on our little musical break was talking about being all alone. Kind of like Peyton Manning being all alone without too much talent surrounding him this year for the Broncos, right? What? <laughs> oh! You didn't think I was going there, did you, Ross? Well, uh, I mean, I mean, a lot of people have now turned to that as being the complaint of the hour right have they really i haven't I, I swear i haven't paid attention to any broncos talk for weeks pretty much i've got the only time i've really talked broncos was with our friend uh friends from denver sports nation d and adam well the thing is it's before everybody complained about tebow right and they weren't really attacking anything else yeah but now that we have peyton manning now it's just like the juxtaposition of the talent you look at Peyton Manning, and he is so much greater in talent than everybody else. 
when before everybody else was so much greater than Tim Tebow. <laughs> it's like it's so now off. it's flipped. It's like bizarro but, world. But we, you know, we forget about how good the Broncos were outside of the quarterback position last season, and maybe it's like. Okay, you look at the team. There's no big names. There's no marquee players, right? No. But those types of players become marquee players after a certain amount of success. So are you saying you don't see that potential in any of our guys or enough of our guys? I'm just saying, I mean, the team could still be really good, but as soon as Peyton signed here, you know, the whole hype was that the Broncos are now a Super Bowl contender. They could contend right now. Hell, I was believing that, you know? Like, and you're not anymore. Peyton Manning. No, I'm kind of, you know, it's like, man, this guy is in his late 30s. He didn't play last year. He's never missed a game before that. If anything did happen to him, Caleb Haney's waiting in the wings. Like, man, that just sounds terrible. Go Rams! Yeah. Man, no, Rams. You're, you're thinking about it all wrong. All really? wrong. Absolutely wrong. You're looking at basically what happened is the luster kind of wore off the Peyton Manning deal. And now you're starting to accept that Peyton Manning's our quarterback. Yeah. And now you're starting to look at other things and you're getting a little scared. But I think you're totally, totally wrong because what you look at here is what the Broncos did last season with the talent they have. It's not vastly different with the exception of Peyton Manning. The team isn't vastly different than what it was last season. And that last season, we made it to the second round of the playoffs. Yes, that is and true. And we lost to the eventual AFC champions. So what you need to look at is what can Peyton Manning do with these tools that we have as opposed to what Tebow was able to do. And I go back to what I was saying when Elway and Manning were negotiating, and I'm speculating what type of message Elway is sending and I'm sure it was something along the lines of, can you win two more games with this team than Tebow did last year? And the answer is, sure thing, boss. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no question in my mind. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, I'm, I mean, I'm, I am thinking that, that that could still be the case, but I'm just, you know, some things worry me. Some things stick out, like Demarius Thomas, a guy that's been here. He's going to come into his third season with the team. 2010, he's only played in 10 football games. 2011, he's only able to play in 11 games. Of course, he did have the great playoff game. And then 2012, what is he going to do? Go one more game, play 12? So they might need a hole for him. And you look at Eric Decker. This guy's coming off you know, that sprained medial collateral in his knee. But you know, in 2010, when he was a rookie, he only had six catches. Last season, he only had 44, and he played the whole season. Of course, the Broncos only threw the ball eight times in one game. Well, the receiving position is the most dependent on quarterback, clearly. Yeah. And they, when you're running routes and you're not just blocking and, you know what I mean, when you're playing the position you're supposed to and you want to play, it's different. You don't wear out as fast. You know, um, you know, you know it's just going to be a situation where we have more control or the players themselves are going to have more control over their own destiny, and, that, and that's going to make all the difference. I did think we were thin in the wide receiving position, though. But they didn't really do but, anything to upgrade that. They brought in Brandon Stokely. He's 35 years old. He basically didn't play last year. He had one catch for the Giants in two games. You know, before that, 31 catches for Seattle in 11 games. They bring in Andre Caldwell. He's only 27 years old and has played four years, but his best year is in 2009. I mean, this is a guy that's not, 
You know, I was kind of excited that maybe they might make a run at Mike Wallace from Pittsburgh. It's like, why didn't they bring in at least one big-time weapon? Look at the running backs. We still have a reliance upon a 30-year-old Willis McGahee who, you know, was had a resurrection last year. But can he do that again this year? I have I, no idea. I love your statistics and all that. And you're looking at what we have, and you're looking and you're grasping for all the negative reasons. You know, you keep talking about. How I haven't old even gotten to the defense are. yet. Now, let me tell you, I was a uh, on the debate team in high school. Yeah. I had a coach, best coach in the state of Colorado. Jim Miller. And uh my old coach, Lowell, used Randy to tell Lowell. me this between menthol cigarettes and his eighth Mountain Dew of the day. <laughs> Statistics are like a bikini. They reveal a lot, but they don't show the whole picture. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might tattoo that on my forearm. <laughs> he, was, he was old school. Don't think he's uh, teaching in public schools anymore, but he was still the best. Probably for By touching golly, the young ones. He was the best. And, uh, was he in jail somewhere? Or? No, he was cool. He was just old school. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he would you know, say things like that. And, that, and, that's what, and then you look back at what Peyton Manning was doing with the team that he was on before. Are we, is the, do the Broncos look better than the Colts did? Last season um, that Peyton Manning played, uh, what about those years before that? And I would say Well, he, he had a Hall of Fame receiver in Marvin Harrison for a number of years. Then he had Reggie Wayne, who's a great receiver as well. Right. So look at those two guys for, as good examples. And are they Hall of Fame receivers playing with Trent Green? Uh, Marvin Harrison, probably. That guy was sweet. You think? I mean, he's, he's no, pretty good at Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's a, a, a little guy, right? I mean, he would not get drafted. Um, if he came out as a rookie uh, in the draft this year, he wouldn't have get, gotten picked in the first three rounds. And so when you Perhaps. look, and now you got guys like Demarius Thomas, right? He's a you know a big dude. Yeah, he's humongous. The, he is the they what say you're he's the looking biggest for. receiver Peyton's ever had. You're looking for a guy like that, and he's your prototype now. And then just having Brandon Stokely out there, you can't um, underestimate that rapport. And that trust between those two guys, this kind of it's kind of like a short order cook and and a waitress, right? I mean, the way they you know they can just give a look. I think he's there right? more so to be a roommate on the road. And if Brandon Stokely gets on the field for this team, they're in trouble. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I mean, just having that, just a look from Peyton Manning, and Stokely knows exactly where he needs to go or which guy he needs to pick up, blocking, and. and and that is the type of thing you're going to see is this, this system come together around Peyton Manning that will keep all the, all the other team, all the defenses just questioning everything. And I think it's going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing turnaround. And I'm very excited. And so that's all well and good. And then we flip to the other side of the ball where that defense gave up, what was it, 45 points to the Patriots in that playoff game? Yeah. I mean, what are they – Peyton Manning can't play defense. The Broncos – are going to be missing a couple players from suspension, DJ Williams being one of them, right? I don't think anything's been overturned with him. A couple I, other guys. I thought it was might have been already declined. Has it been? I thought so. I don't know. I thought that was some other case. Well, it was with either DJ. him or some other one. Might, might be him. <laughs> I should have looked into that, but I don't know. But, yeah, okay, so even with him, the Broncos still gave up 45 points to a team like the Patriots, which is a team that's going to be there again when the Broncos make a playoff run. I mean, you're not going to be able to play you know, the Washington Redskins in the Super Bowl. You're not going to be able to play a team like Kansas City in the playoffs. You know, I mean, you're going to have to beat teams 
like the Patriots, and the Broncos haven't done enough on defense to upgrade that team. And today they traded uh, they traded Cassius Vaughn for a, a fullback from the Colts. Cassius Vaughn, obviously not a starting player for this team, but you know they bring in that kid from uh, the New Orleans Saints, that cornerback who you know was on that Super Bowl team, and maybe he's going to be an upgrade over that over Andre Goodman, who was constantly getting beat last year and the year before. But you know, you know, Champ Bailey's a year older. Brian Dawkins isn't around anymore. Like this defense is probably the weakest link on the team now. Right. But they were strong but, last year. That's the thing, exactly. And that's the flip flop that happened. Just because it's the weakest link of a team doesn't mean it's not going to be good again. And they were exceptional last season. And keep in mind, against bad teams. And keep in mind that you know the number of plays that they spent on the field in a football game was absolutely not your ideal situation. You want to cut that in half. However many plays they spent, you know, out there on the field between our three and outs. Yeah. The one guy I'm worried about underperforming this year is just because he's not going to get the reps is Britton Colquitt. And I don't hear anybody talking about how this could affect his career. These damn kickers. I mean, he might not punt the entire season. <laughs> These damn kickers. <laughs> we better teach him to learn to throw just in case we want to do some fake field goals or something. I'm trying to just look up this Denver season last year. I just want to see what the defense did against some of the top offenses. But it's—I mean, those are the teams that you're going to have to perform against are these top-flight offenses, and the Patriots just kind of showed the blueprint that they could dominate that Denver defense that looked so good against teams like you know they looked pretty good against Pittsburgh. I mean, that was a low-scoring yeah. game. Yeah, exactly. I—I I don't think we have too much to worry about. It's going to have to come together down there at Dove Valley. They're going to have to come up with their game plans and start working as a team. And I think that any player can become great they're in the right system if they have the right leadership they have that foundation around them when you're looking at nfl players there's a few guys that really stand out as supreme talents you know when you're looking at the ray lewis's those types of guys champ bailey is one of those guys but all the other guys they're pretty close when it comes to talent and strength and speed they're all in that same echelon and just to get a guy from that up to the elite requires some of that some of those intangible benefits you get just by having Peyton Manning on yeah, your team. I don't know if you and, can hope on that though. I mean you had teams like Green Bay put up forty nine, New England forty one, Buffalo forty in the regular season. The Minnesota Vikings thirty two. It's like I don't know. How good was that defense really? Detroit Lions, 45. Yeah. I, I'm worried about it. So do you think this team, you know, with Peyton Manning, with what he can bring, he can fire up, you know, the, the guys the same way that we saw Tebow fire up the guys. Is it a Super Bowl contending team or is this just a, maybe a playoff team? How can it not be? We lost to the AFC champions in the second round of the playoffs last year. And it's almost the same team. And the we've Patriots only could have easily won that Super Bowl. And we've only improved. Uh, since then, dramatically. So why why wouldn't you then assume that just it's 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 at the very least a Super Bowl contender? Because they've only really improved at one position, and the Broncos really got fairly lucky in a number of games last year. So all right, so you take the luck, you know the fat the luck factor. Of course, not Andrew Luck, but yeah, Broncos <laughs> getting lucky. Yeah, right. That's important, right? And then on top of that, you add. 
a guy who completely changes the Peyton Manning makes it real for all these players. There's no doubting Peyton Manning, right? From the beginning, he comes in with the credentials and the credibility that makes everybody, oh, like, it's like, oh, man, I'm not going to be late to practice. I'm not going to, you know, lose my iPad with the, you know, with the, the playbook in it. I'm, I'm going to show up. And, and it's real. Like, it's an important thing. You have a guy like that, you know, it's like having John Elway on your team again. And we have both. So that changes everything. Leadership is one of the most undervalued um elements of football and you see this all the time when when teams go out and they get the Terrell Owens types players and they think that's going to be the difference and it never works out that way when you bring in leadership and you bring in a guy especially at the quarterback position even Brian Dawkins couldn't have you know made a big difference if he came onto this team for the first time this year he would not have made a, a difference like that but with Peyton Manning it does and that is the difference I do like that they do. I mean, and you got to take into account those intangibles of. I remember when the Broncos did win those Super Bowls. It seemed like in those games that they were just getting a remarkable amount of turnovers. So there is kind of that factor where you do have to have things go your way a little bit. I can relate it to the NBA. I don't know if I should right now, <laughs> but I mean, you do just kind of see t- successful teams. Things just kind of seem to happen for them, you know, a little bit. And so you you count that in there, and you also, like you said, with the offense with Peyton picking up first downs and keeping the, our defense off the field, that should definitely help them. Because the Broncos, I mean, they leaned on that defense so much last year. I mean, how many, like you said, Brenton Colquitt probably had to ice his leg after every game, you know, punting and having to, make these, good punting. Had to make these perfect punts to amazing, trap the other team. Amazing punting last year. So, yeah, I think you're right, too. I mean, with, with preseason getting underway in August, you know, we're starting to see these workouts now. Peyton Manning just had his first public workout, so you got to see him in the, you know, in the Broncos uniform throwing the ball for the first time. It's like we need some more of that, and it's good to see football come around because we don't have much else going right in the world uh, of Colorado so sports. Colorado Rockies. Horrible. I mean, just horrible. And it's not just – Bad, it's depressing bad. And yeah. it reminds me of all those years where there was no expectations. As far, well, that's not true. It's not the same. I, I'm trying to say that it's different then because back then it was like, whatever, it's the Rockies. You yeah. know what I mean? We're, like we're, an, ex- we're an expansion team, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, you, know, they're, you know, they're not good. Of course not. Give them a few years and they'll be good. And everybody's talking about uh, you know, O'Dowd and, and Jim Tracy and all this. We need to get fire and we need to replace them. I, 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 other than a symbolic move, I don't even know what that would do. I don't know how. I mean, it wouldn't have an effect on this season. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. You think they could fire Jim Tracy like they flat fired Clint Hurdle and change the way these guys play? Well, I mean, is the, that what it is? Because I mean, if that's it, then we need to just get rid of these guys because they have no heart. And they're supposed to be all heart by the Rockies. Yeah. And that was the thing too, right? In 95, they made that wild card run and that didn't really get expectations up of the team. That just kind of brought some excitement. And then for years, they were just so bad that people just were like, hey, let's just go check out Coors Field because it's a nice place to watch a game. And then, yeah, they made that World Series run and then it started looking kind of serious. And now it looks like they're starting to fall back into being like the laughing stock around the state. You know, and then you They're kind the of, laughing stock of the country. And then you see, and it's perfect for people who always said that's where they should be all the time. 
And then you see, you know, Monfort come out and say that he's given a vote of confidence to Dan O'Dowd. And it's like, why would you give a vote? Yeah, I think that might have been either yesterday or today. And it's like, why are you giving a vote of confidence to a a general manager that, well, I mean, I guess he has been hamstrung by the payroll stipulations put upon him. But he also hasn't really done anything to, I mean, all of his, you you look at Ian Stewart. He traded him to the Cubs. The guy didn't even pan out. You look at uh, Julian Shasheen now, and he's looking terrible. What did you call him? Julian? What is his first Yolise. name? Yolise. <laughs> Julian. Who cares? He sucks. Get him off the thing. But, I mean, these, these rookies, these prospects that they were bringing up that they were depending so much upon aren't really panning out. And the Tula Whiskey's now getting this reputation. You watch, you know, if you're rolling around Twitter around 9 o'clock at night when it's just about the ninth inning, you see people start making jokes. Oh, Tulo's going to come up and, oh, look, Tulo just hit into a double play. Tulo just struck out and, you know, none of this clutch stuff. And where's his leadership? You know, if he's if he's not doing it on the field and in the clubhouse, then he's going to start – it's not like he's going to face nobody, huge scrutiny here. There's but. nobody that's raising the bar at all. You know, you can't even compare the guys we have on the team to each other because they're all so – they're all underachieving so much. And Tulowitzki is starting to look like a bust. You know, at the very least, if you're the best guy on a bad team, at least go out there and hit bat 272, right? I mean, at least do at least be average. Yeah, and he's starting to get that label kind of that, I mean, definitely not as good, but those, all those guys in big moments who can't come through. You know, Alex Rodriguez had that for years. You know, and that's something he couldn't shed until he wound up with the Yankees and played with all these all-stars, so people had to pitch to him, right? And, and, he, like, but, and he wasn't even the best player on those teams, though. No. Do you know what I mean? He might yeah. have been the highest paid, but he certainly wasn't the leader. Yeah, and he was just kind of stuck in a great situation because he had more talent around him. So it was like, well, you know, people were forced to put, to play to him. But, you know, then you see the other night, I think it was last night, this guy from the Marlins, or maybe two nights ago, this Giancarlo Stanton, and he makes ESPN for smashing this grand slam into left field and breaking the scoreboard. You know, they said something about how it was like, you know, went X amount of feet and it was, you know, the hardest hit ball since X amount of years. And then looking at the opposing pitcher when the highlights started, and I was like, not Jamie Moyer, great. The Rockies are back to this, you know, being <laughs> a team that's in the highlights because they're giving up the highlight performances to other players. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, yeah, what do you do here? The general manager's not facing really any heat from ownership. He's starting maybe to face a little bit of heat from the media, but the media's not really ever beaten up bad on the Rockies. I love that Charlie Monfort comes out and gives Dan O'Dowd the vote of confidence. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, don't you realize everybody's looking at you too, Monfort? Yeah, you know, I people mean, want you to sell the team. People want you man. to be gone. And there, it's it's a very, I don't know what, we expect, you know, that we, we get a team. It's all the, we ever wanted was to have a baseball team here again. And now in, you know, almost 20 years later, right, we built them a stadium. We've made them tens of millions of dollars. The city has benefited from it as well. That whole area down there you wouldn't go to on a Tuesday night after 10, <laughs> let alone no. a Friday night. Yeah. But now, you know, it's kind of reinvigorated that area. But at some point, it's like, well, when do we start playing for, you know, to really win something here? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, I always kind of just come back to, well, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's, and it's, with it's baseball. not a fair sport. It's not, yeah. so it's just not going to happen. I was going to say with baseball too, I mean, you have to have deep pockets to, you know, if you're not lucky enough to 
gather a bunch of prospects that might play for your team. I mean, the Rockies model was practically this. Get a bunch of young prospects, use them up until they hit like salary arbitration, and then let them go and try to replace them with the younger guys that were there. And that's not really – it hasn't panned out. You know, they let uh, you know Garrett Atkins go at third base. They let Ian Stewart go at third base. So those two prospects that they had there – didn't necessarily pan out the way that they had hoped where they could use them while they had cheap salaries and then get rid of them and shuffle in another guy, you know? So it's now it's almost like, well, what's going to happen to this team if they don't start winning, then you're going to start saying, should they sell Troy Tulowitzki while he has high value? Should they get rid of Carlos Gonzalez while he has high value and try to rebuild this thing three or four more years down the road? Yeah, but that's not even any different than what they've done. No. And that's just, I mean, it's, it's going to be exactly more of the same, the same thing. Yeah. And, you know what? I would be just happy with. I would be fine. Rockies never win a World Series ever in my lifetime, and we could field the same average, mediocre team. They do anything, but just change the expectations, right? Just like, stop. Just stop BSing us, like the okay? Kansas City Royals, or something. You know, just be like, listen, this is a baseball play. It's a baseball field. It's a great place to go. It's a beautiful city. Come down here, and but you know what? Stop BSing me about really pursuing it and just say that it is what it is. Cut the price of beer in half, you know, <laughs> you know, give away free tickets. Just make it like, turn, you know, turn Coors Field into a giant bar. Just, yeah. Just basically turn yeah. it into a, a party with a baseball game going on in the middle of it. And I mean, if the Sky Sox played in Coors Field, they'd probably get the same number of fans there every week. Right. You know, that's, that's the funny thing is I, I actually have tickets for Monday's Memorial Day game. And then my friend was telling me, oh, yeah, there's going to be fireworks after the game. And I was pretty excited. I was like, oh, this will be awesome. You know, I get to catch the fireworks show, get to have an awesome Rocky dog. And then I found out that my tickets were actually for the first game of the doubleheader at 1 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, well, this sucks. Like, now all I get is the hot dog and I get the fireworks <laughs> show. But in neither yeah, scenario so is the second I, game sold out? I'm sure it is. I don't know. But, it, yeah, it probably sold out a long they, time if ago. If they have fireworks, fireworks every single game, it'll sell yeah. out. That's all they have to That's do. what they should do, yeah. Just get fireworks and then, yeah, have fireworks after every game or during the game if it's a night game. <laughs> just have them go during the game. Don't seat anybody in left field or put them in the outfield. Who cares if there's people in the outfield? Uh, $2 beers, $1 hot dogs, and they will make millions. Then maybe they can compete. Yeah, it's <laughs> – it's terrible. We're good. We have good baseball fans here. Just they don't care about baseball. Yeah, they like to go to the games. Yeah, and I would too. That is. A, I thought too when I when I mean when I was living around the Coors Field area, my joke was always, "Man, we should go steal a bunch of for sale signs and just put them out in front of Coors Field and just get rid of this team." You know, and we still have the stadium. It's still there. Just turn the Rockies into a Triple A ball club. Triple A. Or like put, they kind of already are. Yeah, or just sell it to you know concert venues. If there's a game that night, just cancel it. Have the show instead. You know, play movies on the scoreboard while people are there. Fireworks during the games, whatever. You know, I bet you if we got some sort of psychiatrist to listen to our conversation over the past five ten minutes, they would probably be able to very quickly identify all the states of. Um, anger, fear, denial, fear, anger, all the way to acceptance. <laughs> acceptance, <laughs> lost hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our baseball team is dying. Oh. It's dead. It's yeah. dead. But I mean, that, yeah. you know what I love? I love every single time I heard um, on like this weekly or the daily sports updates on the radio was they would say the Rockies are the worst record in baseball, tied with. 
the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> and that makes me happy. Yeah, that's the only maybe bit of solace out of the whole thing. Right? Yeah. Boy. Cool. All right, moving on. Um, the NBA Finals are, I mean, I've stopped paying attention completely. Um, I did like hearing about that shooting in Bricktown outside Oklahoma <laughs> Oh, my God. What were people? She had the pregnant woman that got, like, beat up? Like, her baby's probably a Lakers fan. Let's well, kill it. It's, it's one of those decisions that just seems probably so great to make, right? You know what we're going to do since, you know, the stadium's going to be sold out, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to set up big screens in the parking lot of Bricktown here, and, and we're just going to let everybody come and watch the game there. Let's Great not forget idea. that you once upon a time went to a school very well known for writing, <laughs> University of yes. Colorado. Yes. So tell us, Ross, what goes through a first person's all, head when they want first to First of all, it? there was a rule, okay? Uh, knives and chains, no guns. Okay. No, no guns. <laughs> no, we weren't uh, fighting each other. We, we were fighting the system, man. Couches, cars. Yes. Yeah. We were, you know, that people don't understand. That was just like a policy and see you boulder to get rid of couches to kind of you know hedge yeah, like you the, couldn't the hedge, craigslist wasn't hedge, around yet right hedge the bed bug you know the thing <laughs> there was no on. craigslist you couldn't sell it so you had to create a reason to get rid of it yeah let's burn it that's right throw it through a car windshield or yes. a local business yes i like it I mean, you're too poor to buy stuff in college you needed something all those, throw a couch all those people now are like presidents of companies now yeah but i mean how how did the oklahoma city go from you know they didn't they're in the Western Conference Finals for the second year. That's all they've done is advance to the Western Conference Finals, and they have they riot and go crazy. Well, who did they uh, beat last year in the Western Conference Finals? Well, they did, they lost in the Conference Finals or to the they Mavericks. Before, okay, Mavericks. And then I think to get there, God, I think they beat the Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Okay, so we're talking about the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. What don't they have in common, right? With, say, like, say the fans of the Mavericks and the Grizzlies, what don't they have in common with, say, fans of, like, the Lakers? Because I guarantee you this wasn't just some good old boy Oklahoma City Thunder fans, Oklahoma City Loud Noises fans. You're saying Memphis, Dallas, and Oklahoma City, what do they have in common? Well, I'm saying it's not necessarily Oklahoma City. It's the fact that Lakers fans are scum. People just hate the Lakers so much? No, I'm sure it was Lakers fans that are out there shooting people. Oh, Lakers fans flew to Oklahoma City to no, watch the game. No, they probably didn't. They probably got run out of L.A. on you know federal warrants, and so they're <laughs> hiding out in Oklahoma City. <laughs> and by the way, you no don't, have to, be, look for you you don't have to have ever stepped foot in Los Angeles to be a Lakers fan, and most people aren't because yeah. if anybody had actually ever been to Los Angeles, they would not root for anything that has to do with that city. Yeah, one of my, one of my the friends. The Lakers were showtime, right? I mean, they were – yeah, one of my friends from Aurora, Colorado, like, despises the Nuggets and loves the Lakers. And I'm like, well, of course, because, yeah, you grew up and you like the Showtime Lakers. You picked a good She's team. She's scum, and her parents are probably scum, and it's probably just a long line of scumbags. Yeah. The Lakers nation is susceptible to dumb people, right? Yeah. So, anyway, here's what we have set up in the NBA right now. <laughs> you don't want to talk about your scum friends. fans. My scum well, no, buddy. but Lakers are the worst, right? I mean, oh, they just bring the trouble with worst. them everywhere. And this guy was even saying that my, my friend had posted on Facebook something about, you know, Nuggets fans don't start bashing on Lakers fans just because your team sucks or something. It's like, you understand, everyone hates Lakers fans. Everyone. No one likes them. Not even Celtics fans, and they're terrible. Nobody likes Celtics fans, but they like them. I was rooting for the Celtics against the Lakers. Mm -hmm. 
and that was horrible. So anyway, here's what we have in the Western Conference. Oklahoma City versus the San Antonio Spurs. Two fairly small markets going at it. David Stern's worst nightmare, except for the fact that he still has Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant around. Two guys that are in national advertisements. And I don't really know if Westbrook is. Durant in national advertisements, Gatorade. You see him on the NBA commercials, whatever. Going against a team that is the ultimate team. I mean, the Spurs are what teams like the Nuggets aspire to be. You know, they play interchangeable parts, and they have a couple veterans leading the squad. Fire up three-pointers, rebound, do everything right. Don't turn the ball over. This could be a good series. Yeah. I, is there any way you pick uh, Oklahoma? Oklahoma City loud noises? I think that they they could actually maybe be the favorites. The only problem is the last week of the season, Oklahoma City coughed up home court advantage. The Spurs caught them and passed them and got the number one seed. So instead of playing the first two uh, in the blood of the people that were shot and wounded in Oklahoma City, <laughs> they actually have to play the first two in uh, on the River Walk down in San Antonio. The Red R- River. The Red River. River runs blood. So Red it, with blood. So this could be pretty good. As far as Oklahoma City fans just having a short distance to travel to kill some San Antonio fans if they wanted to, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I would. I would expect very little violence outside of this stadium. Yeah, you remove the Laker element, you remove all that stuff. You have to hope so. But I like. I do like the Spurs in the series. I just think that they. Um, I think they have the veterans to get it done, and they just shoot the ball so damn well. And they have the star power too. Tim Duncan's still rolling. They still have Tony Parker, who is getting MVP talk this season. And they still have Mr. Bald Spot himself, Manu Ginobili. Mm-hmm. But then the Thunder, I mean, the only way that I see Oklahoma City winning this series is if their big guys really outplay San Antonio down low because the Spurs don't have much outside of Duncan. You know, they have the Red Rocket, Matt Bonner, terrible at everything besides shooting threes. Uh, Tiago Splitter. I mean, I, don't I wish I was terrible at everything. But still getting but, paid. But like being good enough at, at shooting threes. <laughs> that's the, like one of the best. Just three points shooting specialist. God. That's that awesome. I think of the dudes that made careers at like Steve Kerr, yeah. uh, Craig Hodges, Matt Bonner's doing it, Bruce Bowen. He also used to break guys' ankles, which was a good, you know, injuring guys and shooting threes. Wait, is wait, a position. actually injuring them? You're not talking about like his okie doke you know, killer crossover here. No, I'm talking about when guys... It's like you're actually like when guys kicking were, them in the ankle and... Yeah, when dudes would go up to shoot shots, he would stick his foot underneath where they were going to land. Yeah. And then they'd come down and sprain an ankle or break an ankle or whatever. So. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. But that's the matchup out west, Oklahoma City and San Antonio. I'm pretty happy that neither Los Angeles team got in there. Um, I think San Antonio might take not only this series, but the whole thing. And on the eastern side... Uh, both series are at three games to two. Miami blew out Indiana last night. The Pacers actually were looking pretty good, but, well, not last night, but they looked terrible. Well, LeBron James eventually decided he wanted to play. Yeah, but Miami's missing Chris Bosh, so they're somehow winning this series, but they are actually fouling the crap out of the Pacers. I don't know if you probably didn't see last night's game. There was uh, three flagrant fouls handed out, two of them to Miami. I think Miami might have something like 75 flagrants in the series or something. I think that's good. I, I am all for it. Yeah, you can't you, you can't really be against things like, you know, flopping and fake fouls and then really criticize like hard fouls because that's what you always want to see is well, a good hard foul. I'm against flopping and all that stuff, um, but 
I'm going to say if they're going to call flopping a foul, which, you know, that's what a flop is, right? It's flopping when there is no contact, when there is no foul made. Right. So if they're going to continue to call that, then you might as well get your money's worth and just start, you know, just really hammering guys. I thought it was kind of funny when who was it that uh, Kobe had knocked down um, in that series against the Nuggets? Kenneth Fareed. Fareed, yes. Yeah. When he pretended to be unconscious or day, day, like dazed, like he was. He, he took was, a pretty good shot to the dome, but yeah, not really. Was, I mean, it was a. It was, I mean, there was nothing flagrant about it that I thought. I thought it was a good hard hustle play. Actually, I can't believe I'm saying that about Kobe, but you know, Kobe didn't even attempt to hit the ball, man. He was going he straight for Fareed's He completely head. attempted to hit the ball. Absolutely, oh, you're completely wrong. And yeah, he didn't even hit that hard. And then he's just kind of like playing it up. Being a little, you know, playing possum down there. I, I, I thought that was kind of embarrassing as a Nuggets fan when I saw that, um, because you know, there's ba- ba- basketball's not supposed to be this easygoing sport. It's supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be contact, and you know, there's supposed to be a certain level at which it's to which it's acceptable, and then you start calling this foul. So when I hear about a team flagrant foul, like flagrant so I've never foul, been a great. fan of like flagrantly fouling to intentionally hurt somebody. There was a play in that Miami series where Dwayne Wade was chasing down a fast break and it looked like uh, Darren Collison's going to get the ball. He's a tiny Ty Lawson sized point guard for the Pacers. And instead of even trying to do anything to like prevent him from being able to get the ball or shoot, uh, Wade just lowered his shoulder into the guy's back and just sent him into like the cameraman from like the free throw line. And it was like, dude, that was flat out dirty. If Collison would have gotten the ball and then gone up for the layup and Wade would have almost kind of tackled him a little bit and prevented the shot, I wouldn't have had as much of a problem with that. Cause it's like if a guy's going to get an easy bucket, make him earn it from the foul line. But Absolutely. flat out trying to just like injure guys is completely – you can't really have that in the sport. It's yeah, terrible. I, I see. And, again, there's that level where, okay, it's, you know, it's not a hard play anymore. It's not a hustle play. It was – unsportsmanlike yeah i understand that and that's that's where that line needs to be defined and and and, you know they have to kind of define it every game yeah every series there's some sort of usually that type of thing is established very early in a game and yeah that's you know that could be part of your strategy as a coach to say all right listen guys we're going to start this game out and go out and foul hard and let's set the president that we're not at the very least win or lose we're not going to get beat up well, that's what Larry Bird has set the table for. Game six is going to be Thursday, and Bird, of course, the general manager for the Indiana Pacers, and he called out. He said his team played soft, and he couldn't believe they played SOFT. So Indiana's, you know, they're angry and upset. Miami, I'm just looking at Twitter. Both Dexter Pittman and Udonis Haslam have been suspended for game six. So that series could quite possibly go seven games. The Heat now only have ten players active, so – if Indiana can't force a game seven, then they shouldn't. They don't deserve to win. There's one guy you don't want calling you S O F T. It's B I R D. <laughs> that guy drives a tractor to work every day. You know? Yeah, you don't. I mean, that guy. You don't want him calling you soft. You don't want to hear it from Bird. You know, that you guy know. learned how to shoot with like literally peach crates. Right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and injured his back. And he learned how to ruined. shoot on a 14 foot hoop because yeah. they didn't have rulers. <laughs> and he injured his back and ruined his career by graveling his mother's driveway himself, <laughs> which was like a mile or two miles long. You know. I don't know if it was that long, but he was doing it himself and wretched his back and basically ruined his career. But So that's that series, and then tonight we could wrap up the uh, Boston-Philadelphia series. That's in Game 6 as well in Philly. Celtics looking to close that out. So it's looking like it's 
I don't know. It's likely going to be Boston and Miami. We put up a poll on Denver Stiffs. Most of the people there think it's going to be Boston and Miami. So you might uh, see a nice old school series there as well because there's no love loss between those two teams. Kevin Garnett's going to go crazy. But I I don't think it matters who wins in the East. I I think that the winner of the uh, finals is going to be whoever wins that Oklahoma City-San Antonio series. Well, so, uh, you know, take your analyst hat off. Put on your Nuggets fan hat or whatever it is. I see you wearing the Nuggets hat still. Yes. You're a diehard. (laughs) I did die. By the way, how long did you leave it on the – nightstand after, after the game seven yeah i kind of at least a couple days did you take it with you to vegas no i didn't i didn't take it and i kind of uh man. did you see any nuggets players down there in vegas i wouldn't be surprised if there were a few of them a few of them down there i didn't the see any time. nuggets players we did see uh nba former nba star kenny anderson at the pool at the mirage ah that was pretty cool he was uh hanging out with some some folks some some, la- some, some nice looking ladies. Some lady friends. My buddy gave him a shout out, said, Kenny, you still got it. Kenny turned around and gave us a wink and a thumbs up. That was pretty sweet. Ah, a little slap and tickle. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. The old slap and tickle. <laughs> so, well, as always, your analysis is astute and informative. So what are you asking me about this Nuggets fandom? Well, Dad? who do you want to win? Like, Are you going to be rooting for anybody? I'm rooting for of- San Antonio, man. I just read this uh, big article in Sports Illustrated about Tim Duncan uh, had a story in there where he took his team years ago paintballing when Danny Ferry and Steve Kerr were on the team and stuff. Takes his team paintballing and stacks his team with paintball experts, and they all get high-powered paintball guns. He gives his players, his teammates, these guns that they said couldn't fire straight and you know were breaking constantly, and they just demolished them, and Duncan got like a big kick out of it. <laughs> so they kind of show that he has this That's like funny side that you don't see. Pretty, it's kind of lame, yeah, but it's kind of funny. Thing you know? Tim Duncan's. Uh, remember when they changed the rules about wearing dress clothes? No, <laughs> he just was like, I don't know, man. It's, it's retarded. That's what <laughs> Tim Duncan said. Yeah, I think really? it was him. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. That sounds. It's like weird. one of those moments where like all NBA players kind of sound stupid because they uh, just kind of use cliches and stuff. Yeah. But then you really know when somebody's stupid is when they go off the script. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, this guy is. Like, <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah. So they're talking about that, and then also that article talks about how Duncan and Kevin Garnett just hate each other. And, you know, everybody's like, well, don't you guys have that, you know, that old Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, you know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, like you hate each other, but you really respect him. And Duncan pretty much was saying no to that, you know, like, no, I just hate the It's guy. a different world. And those guys <laughs> were, you know, true contemporaries, especially that position, kind of playing together at I've never liked Garnett much. Uh, I kind of like this fire a little bit, but then sometimes it's like, ah, man, remember when I used to really hate him with Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, what do you Fair. think about Duncan? I, I mean, I'm not a fan of Tim Duncan. I, I mean, I, you put anybody in that jersey, in the Spurs jersey, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, it's weird. I, I hate the <laughs> – I, I, don't, I don't like the thunder, really, but I, I didn't grow up despising – the Thunder, right? I mean, they didn't exist. Yeah, who I, are they? I preferred to dislike the Seattle Loud Noises as opposed to Oklahoma City Loud Noises. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so, you know, I don't like Tim Duncan, and I don't like the Spurs. You can't stand I can't Manu stand Ginobili. Manu Ginobili. I can't stand that French. Tony Parker. I mean, I can't. Watch I your just, wife. I hate that guy. You know what I mean? I just hate him. I don't like European basketball players. 
Manu, of course, from Argentina, but yeah, right. Kinda. Sorry, no you're, European you're right. style, European style, international. I mean, I'm soccer not, style. I don't dislike floppers. you know the Chinese basketball players or Asians. There's probably not enough of them in the league to really get get me pissed off. Yeah, but I don't like I don't you know Argentina. Okay, all that together, that international hoops style of play is it's too reminiscent of soccer. It, it doesn't represent any honor. It's just it's just whining and crying and. And there's no, it's not American. I mean, basketball is an American sport, right? I mean, it's. Yeah. And uh, I don't care if it was technically invented in Canada. Somebody told me that the other day. No, Dr. James Naismith, Kansas. I guess he's Canadian or something. No. I, no. Hey, 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 look it up. We'll look that up. Tell you next week. Do you know when you watch uh, basketball in Canada, they have like this uh, glow ball effect on the TV? So when they pass the ball, like there's the ball glows and there's a trail behind it, like the old so, NHL puck. So, that yeah, did that? so they can keep up with the ball as they throw it around. <laughs> you just saying that because Canadians are slow. You know, my family's all from Canada. I believed you there for a minute. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, I don't know. My my hate for Russell Westbrook will never allow me to root for a team to ease on. I can't stand that guy. Russell, Russell. Russell Westbrook. And then but I do like I do like James Harden. I wish the Nuggets would throw all of their money this offseason at him and just sign him and let him play point guard. Like Ty Lawson, I'm sorry, but give it to James Harden if you could. Mm-hmm. So, it's tough to root against him cuz I like to watch him play, but I think I'm going to go with the Spurs who play that European style that you hate, the drive and kick game. So Yeah. It's like but, their their free throw line, like, you know, those lines that go from the free throw line to the baseline. Can't think of the name right there. But they're kind of slanted out down there in San Antonio, right? Yeah, in the paint. Like the international. Yeah. They're allowed to, I think, goaltend on shots that are on the rim in San Antonio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> play all the international. There's the clock, instead of counting backwards, it counts up. Yeah, and they get six players instead of five. <laughs> probably rooting for them. There's no way. If Indiana made it, I'd probably root for Indiana over both teams in the West. Because yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'd like to see Indiana win it. I just... Philadelphia, nah. Philly fans, they're scum. No, Sorry. I mean, they're bad. Boston, they've won it. You know, them and the Lakers always win it. So, no, screw Boston. You don't meet a lot of people in Colorado that are from Indianapolis. Does no. that mean Indianapolis is kind of nice, or do people just, like, they're too dumb to look outside of it. Because, I mean, there's tons of people here from everywhere else. Everywhere. But you never meet anybody from Indiana. I'm trying to think. Maybe they moved had... to, like, Chicago or something. I think I had one friend in my whole life that may have been from Indianapolis. I'm pretty sure he was. But, yeah, that's weird. All right, people from Indiana, we need to evaluate what kind of scum you are. So uh, reach out. Show at ColoradoSportsGuys.com. <laughs> Call me a message, 720-722-1274. Should we get out of here, buddy? Yeah, let's do it, man. NBA Finals coming at you in like a week. Yeah, and uh, one of the things, you know, this is episode 42, so we're we're rolling along here. I don't think we've missed a week since we started uh, last summer. Um, We always dedicate the episode uh, to somebody or something or some people. Memorial Day weekend's coming up, and you're going to be at the stadium on Monday for the early game, but I know that you're going to maybe see a, a flyover there between the games. There's a big military presence at those games on Memorial Day. It's very, very warm and exciting place to be and uh so i'd you know i think we should dedicate it to all military men and women hell yeah past and present and and uh dedicate this to them for memorial day coming up here and we'll be uh and uh, hopefully you'll see a victory maybe we get two in one day yeah i mean <laughs> they're, they're playing houston you got to be able to beat them at least once at least once <laughs>
All right, buddy. All right, man. We're out of here. We'll see you guys all next week.